0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota of Brookhaven has been voted best new car dealership in Southwest Mississippi four years in a row. Come see the difference. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotofbrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota of Brookhaven, we deliver.
1: What's up on a Wednesday? I'm Brian Scott Rippey, my co-conspirator, as always, is Michael Borky. We appreciate you hanging out with us on this March, whatever it is. I don't know. I'm just pumped I got the day right at this point of quarantine. Uh, we have a pretty packed show today. There's some old Miss NFL news from a couple of guys, most namely Jordan Talmu. We'll get to. Uh, we, we decided on Monday, basically our production meetings for this podcast is basically just the previous podcast where we just stumbled upon an idea of, hey, uh, I got blurted out. What are your favorite television characters? We saved that for Wednesdays. We got a ridiculous amount of responses that I think we're going to turn into two shows. I'll explain what I mean in a minute. Uh, we've got an internet thing that I don't understand. That Borky just had to look up and read to me. Uh, but a bunch of stuff to get to today. What's up?
0: Not a whole lot, man. Just still trying to quarantine the best I can.
1: Yeah, this is driving me nuts. So my room, both the guys I live with, finally uh, one worked from home last week. And then the other one finally got like told not to come in this week. So they aren't doing much. They spent the entire day roasting a uh, Boston or smoking a Boston, butt at the house yesterday uh, while I was like getting work done and then obviously going in for radio and all that. So it's a, uh, it's a weird time because it's just a random Tuesday and like everyone's home, no one's doing anything, not many cars on the street, just still probably never going to get fully used to this. Um, uh, if I do, that mean, that means it probably lasted way longer than most of us wanted it to. But just strange, strange times. But anyway, maybe this podcast will get you through an hour of, uh, you know, going not going stir crazy with your family, whatever the hell you have going on, which is probably not a whole lot at this point. I don't know where you want to start. I guess we'll go with the NFL stuff first. That we have the the amount of responses we got to this sitcom thing were insane like that was more engagement than we've gotten on any mailbag friday anything people are bored people probably like the topic it's not exactly reinventing the wheel but as i mentioned to you before we started recording i'm gonna have to make a call to the bullpen uh <laughs> and it's not i wouldn't even call it a substitute co-host just because if the shoe were on the other foot you'd probably be making the same call because i think you're like me where we watch other things other than sports But are by no means experts on all of these shows that people watch. I would say I'm like, if you're putting me on a 10 point scale, I'm probably at like a four. Like, I've probably seen a lot of the major popular shows, or at least bits and pieces of them. But by no means am I any expert and like have seen a bunch of stuff all the way through just because I'm not, I can't really ever get that committed to anything. With that being said, I think we're going to have to bring on Nick Suss who is basically just like an orb of knowledge when it comes to sitcoms and TV shows. I don't know if you've ever seen that episode of The League where they have the orb, the 12-year-old, that all he does is play fantasy football and they try to get draft info out of him and like kidnap him from his house. Sus is basically just that with a necktie on when it comes to sitcoms. (laughs) So I think if we can get that going tomorrow, we're going to actually get into the nitty-gritty of all of these responses and go through every one. We'll scratch the surface of it today. But there were so many, I didn't want it to go to waste. And just to be honest, I am just not even close to equipped to do any of these justice. So I'm just going to ask him dumb questions, and hopefully he will respond, and it will be decent content. So I think that's the plan for tomorrow. We're going to have to go with the bullpen arm to uh, to get us through this inning. Because I quickly realized after posting that tweet, we were both in over our skis.
0: Yeah, man. I, I, I try to watch. All these shows that everybody suggests, I just don't have time. And when it's in sports season, I mean, not to be that guy, but that's what I would prefer to see, you know. So when I've got an NBA game on Tuesday and then baseball starts on Thursday, like I've got one day a week to actually consume um, sports or or not sports. So I I just haven't dived in the
1: way uh, a lot of you have apparently. Yeah, mine is more driven, I would say, by my girlfriend, who is wonderful, but we have been long distance now, I guess, since I left college. That's three years. Jesus, what a – anyway, uh, three years of that. So it comes now to, like, where I'll go. She's all plugged into this stuff because she doesn't watch sports. I actually if, – if, if you told her the NBA stopped playing today, she probably wouldn't have known it had started or stopped. Just not really her thing. But so I'll go, like, to see her – And we'll start shows, but of course I'm only there for a couple of days at a time, so we'll get a few episodes in. And then instead of like, well maybe we'll pick back up on it the next time, like we're together or whatever. But most of the time it just leaves me having gone five, six, seven episodes into most shows without (laughs) finishing them. Just because I'm not disappointed enough to do it on my own. So I'm kind of in the same boat. I've seen fragmented pieces of a lot of stuff. I have finished some, just not... A ton. So I think I'm going to get Sus on for tomorrow. I haven't even asked him what his schedule is. I'm just going to threaten to stuff him in a locker if he doesn't. Man, and we'll he's a out. sports writer. Right now, he's got no schedule. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, not exactly taking a huge leap there. So I think we're going to have that for a mini pod for tomorrow. I think that'll be great. Uh, when I say he's an orb of knowledge on that type of thing, I, if you listen to the pod tomorrow, uh, like, I, I'm not under, if anything, I'm underselling it. I, I promise I am not over overselling his depth of knowledge on this to the point to where it almost concerns me. But anyway, aside from all that, we'll get into the sitcom stuff towards the end. Some uh, NFL news related to Ole Miss. First off, Jordan Te'amu signs with the Kansas City Chiefs, which I found to be interesting. I figured, I mean, we were saying all along once he started kind of performing at a high level uh, in the XFL through two, three, four games. That he would probably get a crack at an NFL club, and that's just like you saw it with the AAF. That's just kind of way the things goes. What's the kid's name? I- I've forgotten his name like four times. The Orlando Apollo's guy, spare your team in the AAF. Yeah, tore he's in Cleveland now. Yeah, and he's now Baker Mayfield's backup. And you saw it with pretty much, I think, the top two quarterbacks in the XFL: PJ Walker in Houston, I think Tomu. From what I watched from the XFL, probably first, second, whatever.
0: Yeah, for Beth sure. Getting
1: shots. So this isn't totally surprising to me, but uh I mean if you're going to try to land a backup job, being Patrick Mahomes' backup would be a pretty sweet gig. Yeah, cuz you're probably going to get more playing time than a lot of them.
0: <laughs> they're going to protect him in the preseason and they're going to win a lot of games by a lot of points. I think it's a perfect place for him. I mean, if you're going to go be a backup quarterback in the NFL, uh in Kansas City, it, look, I know everybody wants to be a starter, but the likelihood of him being a full time starter in the NFL is pretty small. Um, so you'd want to go somewhere that when you do get in the game, the offense and everything fits you. And they, I mean, they've got players all around. On top of that, wouldn't you agree that he's kind of like a, poor man, a very poor man's Pat Mahomes? I'm not, their, their skill sets aren't even close to the same, but they have a similar style. Like, he's athletic, but he doesn't rely on his feet. He he can do it if he has to. Moves in the pocket well, good arm, all that good stuff. Like, they seem to be kind of similar in style. Like, a lot of teams, if you remember back in the day, like Brett Favre, his backups would wear the same helmet as him and everything. They try to emulate everybody for the most part. Their starter and their backup have a very similar even look to them. Their style of play is very similar. This seems like it fits to me that Jordan Ta'amu has a very similar style of play of Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, Mahomes is more skilled, uh, talented, a little bit more flashy as well. But they seem to kind of be the same mold.
1: Yeah, I think they play in a similar way. They're both athletic guys with pretty big arms. Like, Ta'amu, I don't think ever got full uh, – not full credit. I don't think it was talked about necessarily enough. I know that's kind of a buzzword in sports media about kind of the – like, he threw a really good deep ball and was pretty accurate with it and had a pretty strong arm. I mean, for as flawed as that Phil Longo offense was, if you take Jordan Tamu out of that, I mean, you remember how that looked under Shea Patterson compared to how it looked with Jordan Tamu? Like, if you want to go back to mid, well, I guess that's 2017. Man, uh, there's last three years for Ole Miss football covering it just kind of runs together. But you, when they made the – when uh, Patterson got hurt, which was – when did he get hurt? I know Ta'amu played the Arkansas game that they pissed away. They should have won he it. He got right hurt now. in 17. Yeah, no, he. but what – I don't – What? I just, I it was remember. against
0: LSU was when he got hurt initially, and Ta'amu right. came in and played well, and Patterson came back to finish the game. And I, I was at the game, and I remember thinking in the stands, what the hell are you doing? Why are you yeah. putting him back in? He's clearly hobbled,
1: and the other guy was moving the ball better. What are you doing? Yeah, no, that's, you're exactly right. And that game was never really a game – and then they but come it in. Been, it, yeah, they could have. It could have. And then they they finished the season pretty strong. Like they lost that when they lost that home game to Arkansas the next week. When uh, who was the, uh, they they didn't have Jordan Wilkins in the game. They had, was that I don't know it wasn't Akeem Judd, was it? I don't know. They had a backup running back in the game, and he fumbled down near the goal line. Remember, they were up ten with like X amount of seconds left. It was what? How they lost the game was absurd. I thought their season was over. And then they come back, and Tomu leads that game-winning drive at Kentucky, which was really kind of his first moment of, okay, this is who this kid is. He's pretty calm, cool, and collective, and really kind of just unassumingly uh, clutch in some ways. I mean, you saw it a couple of times through his career, the game-winning drive at Arkansas and Little Rock the next year in a game that I still contend both teams should have been awarded a loss for having people actually have to watch that. But game-winning drive on that one, the first one, obviously, the Kentucky game, and they finished the season strong with a win over Mississippi State. Probably could have won that A and M game, but I contend that was one of Longo's worst games and Matt Luke's worst coach games uh, in Oxford that year. But anyway, point being, like he didn't like. I think he threw a better deep ball than people give him credit for. I think he had more arm talent than maybe he often showed. And so this is an interesting. He gets a good shot at it. The only other quarterback the Chiefs have signed right now is veteran Chad Henney, who they recently signed a couple of days earlier. And from what I've read, this is kind of something Andy Reid does. They're constantly just trying to develop like younger quarterbacks um, and just kind of see what they have. Like They've done it with Tyler Bray, if you remember, the Tennessee guy. Aaron Murray, I believe, got a shot. A couple other dudes through the year. So I guess I say all that to say I think he's got a pretty good shot. Obviously, things can change. You're not even in training camp yet to try to win this backup gig. I think I would give him a puncher's chance at it. I mean, if, you're, if your only other competition on paper right now is Chad Henney, I would say he's got a pretty good crack at it.
0: Oh, for sure, especially being younger and probably more talented at this point. And he, he does all the, uh, the stuff that people make fun of, like good locker room guy and all that stuff. Um, he's a complete package for a backup quarterback in the NFL. Like, if he went to New Orleans, I'd be pumped. If he was Drew Brees' backup, because you know that he would do everything right, and he's got the skill set to when he goes in the game, or if he has to, he won't screw it up.
1: Which yeah, is all you, you just want from a nailed it there. That's exactly what I was going to get at. I was like, I was hesitant to say I think he can make a spot starter too, just because you've never seen him in an NFL game, and that's probably too like brash of a statement to make, just because I don't know what like competition level he actually faced in the XFL. But what you were going to say exactly what I was kind of sitting on is that demeanor wise and just temperament like the moment wouldn't swallow him up if Mahomes twisted an ankle and he had to get thrown in at Denver or something like that for a couple quarters or something like he may not play well and he may just not have it i don't know or he may do pretty well but like demeanor wise i don't think he's just going to shrink like he's uh he's almost like robotically calm and i remember writing about that when i was in house at the athletic department in 17 after that kentucky game it's just like, and Longo had a good quote after that game that I I'll butcher it if I don't look it up, but just talking about how calm he is at all times to the point where it it really has an effect on everyone else around him. So temperament and demeanor wise, I think he would be really like I guess good because backups get put in a lot of adverse circumstances, and I think he could, if nothing else, handle that part of it. So also a really nice dude. So I am yeah. happy for him. Um, made it's the funny most of, you brought
0: up. Uh, bad Matt Luke decisions, by the way. I, I wanted to, to get this in so we can at least have some kind of Ole Miss conversation. I was in a, a group message yesterday, and we were talking about inexplicably conservative decisions that he made during his tenure. And two of those years were under bowl bands and so they really didn't make sense for how conservative they played. Do you remember when they were in Baton Rouge in the second half down by three touchdowns, and it was fourth and goal from the one, and they kicked a field goal to make a three-score game a three-score game?
1: Yes, I do remember that. I was down there, and if I remember correctly, the expert I mean we, he got asked about it after the game, and I believe the explanation was, and to be honest, this actually kind of not won me over, but I kind of sat there after the explanation and was like, hmm, I guess I could see what he's talking about. I still don't agree with it was they were so bad offensively to that point he felt it would be too demoralizing because it was right before halftime, if I'm not mistaken to go in with zero points having the offense drive you all the way down there. So he's like, I just wanted to get something on the board, which I don't necessarily agree with that, but that's at least a competent, like, he had a thought process instead of just, hell with it, Luke Logan, or whoever the hell it was at the time, go out there and kick it. So, yeah, I do remember that one. Uh, the one that cracked me up the most was playing for overtime in a half field stadium at Vanderbilt when it's, like, 14 degrees outside and, like, both neither team wants to win the game. It's like... It's like I. It's like what are you, what are you doing? Like let's, let's get out of here and go home. And then of course that turns into the AJ Brown, uh, kind of strange drop in the uh, in which is totally a touchdown. Drop, I mean,
0: holy drop. crap! Like how can you sit and watch that and think you know what? That's not a catch and be okay with that rule? Like I guess I understand in the moment why it wasn't called, even though it shouldn't have been. But in hindsight, like, didn't the SEC, like, release a ruling where they agreed with the the call in the field? How can you watch that and think, it's okay that that's not a catch?
1: Yeah, that that, that opened up. Like, by the letter of the – I remember having to write, like, at the time – I guess this was, uh, this was last year, so I guess I was super talk. Yeah, so, like, I remember, like, sifting through, like, the letter of the rule and all of that and just, uh, like – I remember it was basically not a catch by the letter of the rule, but like kind of like the NFL. It's just a dumb and stupid rule. But that was another baffling decision. Uh of course you had the egg bowl this year, where even before the Elijah Moore uh P celebration, Matt Luke's holding up a number one on the sideline to go for a one and play for overtime. It's like, dude, you just hit a fourth and twenty-two where the quarterback shirked your play call and told the receiver to do something else to hit a fourth and whatever that was in your own territory. You had umpteen billion tries to get it in the end zone and finally got it in. Like, win the game now. Why in God's green earth are you going to overtime there? To me, that may be the most indefensible. Vanderbilt's probably up there. It's just, it's sad, man.
0: It just, and I understand why he did all that, right? Because the conservative approach is what some of his predecessors took. But, my God, Ole Miss just needed somebody to just coach with balls, and they never did. Yeah, <laughs> if you've got two bull bands, who cares? Just play wide ass open. Just play wide open because you know what? We can't play in the postseason anyway. So we might as well just go for it. And who cares? But they didn't, they didn't have it. I mean, we could spend days and days on why that happened, why it shouldn't have happened, and the dynamics of that whole deal. It's just, could you imagine right now? I mean, you talk to a bunch of Ole Miss fans and interact with them on a daily basis. If they were dealing with this coronavirus stuff right now when the baseball team was extremely good and that season gets canceled, and then whenever we get out of this coronavirus deal, Matt Luke's still the football coach, could you imagine what the fan base would be like right now? What the attitude around the school would be like right now?
1: They'd probably voluntarily participate in the whole empty stands thing the NCAA is considering and just do it all the way through November. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what would happen. And all joking I don't aside, think it, it was getting recovery. to half filled stadiums anyway. I mean, that's but Keith Carter's never really made any bones about it. He's like, look, man, we made this decision because we didn't feel like there was any going back once we, like, if we went into 2020, that segment of the fan base just wasn't coming back. I mean, it's just that simple. Yeah. It's refreshing. We didn't get to. I wanted to spend a lot more time
0: yesterday on that article because there were a lot of anecdotes in there on the, the ESPN article. If you're listening and didn't read it, it was a uh, front page. It's You can still find it. Um, on the front page of ESPN College Football, uh, did a story about Kiffin and Leach, and a lot of it was a rehash, but you did get some quotes from Tyro Nix and um, uh, Rich Rodriguez about how at least a couple of coaches knew in real time that that was going to cost them their jobs. Uh, you got quotes about how from Tyronenickx especially that Matt Luke was going to turn it around eventually and he got a raw deal and it, there was a lot of layers to that that
1: story um but Keith those can be true I, I don't know if he was turning around he kind of did get a little bit of a raw deal in terms of time if you right. just took in a vacuum at the rebuild when he took over and versus the time that was given to him like he probably did get a raw deal in that sense but yeah, this is a conversation we've had a thousand times. It's probably one for another day. But it, there were so many other factors that were both in his control and outside his control. It's just a crappy situation. Sometimes things are just shitty. Yeah, and that's true. But
0: Keith Carter's honesty in that story, I mean, uh, on the show with us at his press conference, is really refreshing in college athletics. I mean, he's frank with it. Uh, straight up said that – the Elijah Moore P thing, that was basically a straw, I'm paraphrasing, the straw that broke the camel's back. That there was a lot of momentum in the opposite direction, but once that happened, you couldn't not make that decision. It's just nice to hear somebody actually say that out loud in college sports. Because you couldn't come back from that. That was irrecoverable. And like Rich Rodriguez in the story said, Matt Luke did a really good job with discipline. Maybe within the program uh, that happened, I, didn't, I don't remember I just don't many guys. I don't
1: think that's I just don't think that's true.
0: I don't either, because there were too many completely dumb, just impossible-to-explain mental mistakes that cost them games multiple times in his tenure. So maybe like not getting in trouble off the field and getting grades, like having good grades, were all checked out. But on the field, they did not play like a disciplined football team very often.
1: No, and like I'm not – anyway, I heard other anecdotes that would – suggest against that anyway but anyway
0: different oh so, so i'm i'm saying just maybe like maybe that worked out but what i could
1: see on the field not good. No, no 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 no, i'm not disagreeing with you i just met the whole premise of discipline like off the field as well i agree uh, with what you were saying as well yeah. but i you know there were other things as well that you're kind of like yeah like it's not like a but you can't just i mean they were not a disciplined football team you can't i mean you if you're talking on the field to underscore your point like, you can't just objective, like, the, nothing would suggest that's the case. And then off the field, you know, it didn't have any major incidents, but I think just the minute things and, like, like, maybe just rigid structure and dudes doing the little things on a daily basis wasn't always, you know. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't want to get myself in trouble. That's a conversation for another time. But uh, let's take a break real quick, and we'll get to the second part of the NFL news. They almost had a linebacker sign with the Minnesota Vikings. But first— Remind you, the podcast brought to you by LB's. Go see Greg University Avenue across from Kroger. I saw him last weekend or last Friday. I'll probably go see him before this weekend as well. Uh, I had the lane train special and then a thing of meatloaf that we ate Saturday night that was really, really good. I had a couple of crab stuffed mushrooms. Go see him. He's got all kinds of stuff going on. Tons of ground beef, a lot of ready-made stuff you can take to go home and feed your family and quarantine with. Support local businesses during this tough time. Greg's the man. He sponsors the podcast. He makes you money on XFL picks and NFL picks. I was telling someone the other day that uh, I said, yeah, the meat guy that sponsors my podcast hit it like 60 something percent on picks this year. They they were like, wait, say that sentence again. What? So anyway, go see him University Avenue across from Kroger, best place in Mississippi to get meat. So the second piece of NFL news today was DeMarcus Gates signing with the Vikings. This just kind of popped up as like we were about to record. Uh, I don't know a ton about it. I'll read it, whatever there is to read into it in a minute. But uh, another guy that really kind of saw the worst of like the Ole Miss cratering of the program. I mean, Gates graduated in 17. So he graduated at Matt Luke's interim year. So you talk about seeing like the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows, that kind of senior class in 17 saw the sweet spot of it. Uh, Gates played with two really just kind of battered shoulders uh, towards the end of his career was a really good player on a really bad defense. And another guy, like, I mean, if you like another guy, kind of like Tommy where you're just kind of happy to see him get a shot at this uh, in the NFL, Uh, Because good dude, good player, and just really kind of the last two years of his career suffered through some just crappy defenses and really just crummy football teams.
0: And is a really good player. I can't believe he hasn't been given a shot in the NFL until now. Because in the AAF, he was usually the best player on the field in that league's short existence. I I just am surprised that uh, he never got an opportunity
1: until now. Yeah, I, I know there are some injury things. I don't think he tested completely well. I don't think he was 100. When he came, I could be, I, this is not like sourced or anything, just kind of speculating here. I'm not sure he was 100% healthy when he went through his initial draft process from his senior season to the draft because he was really, really beaten up by the time the uh, the 2017 football season ended. That may have played into it some, but interesting to see him get a shot i wonder what he'll do in a camp i'm not sure what his chances are to make the team or whatever but just getting a shot and getting into a camp will be uh will be kind of interesting to watch play out so those are two dudes that on the you know kind of 2017 2018 teams that are getting uh shots in the nfl Tommy obviously are was in a camp with the houston texans earlier i guess in last season but a couple guys getting shots Maybe we'll see a couple more pop across the ticker in the next couple of days. Who knows? What else do we have to get to news wise? There hadn't been a ton of big like sports news happening uh, in the last little bit We're free agency's dying down. We're hitting in the, uh, we're hitting the teeth of this quarantine is hitting us right now. Yeah. The Steve Ballmer bought the LA forum for $400 million. I saw that. So he's trying to make the Clippers and Inglewood a thing. Uh, i don't think I listened to Bill Simmons talk about this a ton. I don't think you're ever going to win over Los Angeles. It's just not possible. I mean, the Lakers own that city. They own it over the Dodgers. They own it over two professional football teams. The odds are a second basketball team is ever going to take that title from them or basically slim to none. But that being said, playing in the same building as them uh, probably doesn't do anything to help that stereotype or whatever. So having your own arena, I mean, whatever. Maybe he can make them into like their own kind of cool thing who knows it'll be interesting I just think it's an impossible project and like I know billionaires don't really think that way but I, I just I don't ever see it happening in terms of like them being a viable thing in Los Angeles I don't know why and I get he likes Los Angeles why would you move the Clippers to Seattle or just anywhere just San Diego I think that's where they came from that's a good
0: question Would it be worth leaving Los Angeles to go to Seattle?
1: Hmm. I think so.
0: I mean, how valuable is the LA market if you're number two? And the thing is, the Clippers aren't really number two, right? Like you would think it would be Lakers and then Rams or Dodgers and then
1: Clippers. It's definitely Lakers, Dodgers. It's definitely Lakers and then the Dodgers. Like those are the top two. You're not even third in your town, maybe. what is, is there more value
0: in being third or fourth in Los Angeles or second in Seattle?
1: I think there would be more value, but you're the first NBA team. They're not even the first NBA team.
0: Yeah, seriously. Um, and, and Seattle's a great sports town, too. I mean, they support everything, which is mind-blowing that they lost the Supersonics to begin with because they sell out soccer games every week.
1: Yeah, that old deal, if you go back and read about it, it was just kind of a messed up and kind of a spiteful thing. Like, it, didn't ha- it wasn't necessarily an indictment on the city as much as it was an issue with the owner and an arena and all that kind of stuff.
0: So, well, they're building a new arena of- for a hockey team. So, they've got that done.
1: Really? Seattle's getting a hockey team? That's interesting. They are.
0: Yeah. I think uh, they named it too. Um, I think they're the, the Krakens. <laughs> what
1: is that? Uh, a big octopus. Big octopus. Yeah. Okay. Ah. Uh, a
0: kraken. So it's not official, but that's the rumor to
1: call itself the Seattle Kraken. Interesting. That's a, that's an interesting reason of region of the country to put a hockey team because you got Vancouver that's not very far away. Like it seemed like it would work there. They have the, uh, they have the hot. I mean, they have the soccer team that does well. That'll be interesting to kind of watch. Play out, but yeah. As far as the Clippers buying that stadium in Engle or the building in Englewood, the Forum, like it will be interesting. They can kind of make their own cool brand now. I just don't see how that's ever going to work uh, with the Clippers in LA. So, anyway, whatever it is, what it is, uh, that's an interesting piece of news. The last thing we have to get to before we get into this sitcom thing is there's a net another internet thing. I don't understand, and we are more similar in the sense that back like a couple months ago when Colin Brister was doing the show, he's very much more online and up-to-date with these online trends. I don't understand any of this shit. So I would, uh, I would just ask him very stupid questions like what all this internet language means, and now we have another one that neither of us understand. People are posting on Instagram and saying, until tomorrow. And it appears just to be like an old photo of themselves. And I, I don't understand it. You, uh, you did some extensive research and found what?
0: Yeah, I googled it, and the first headline is actually kind of funny. It is, why are people posting until tomorrow? Latest Instagram challenge leaves people confused and annoyed. (laughs) That makes me feel better. Apparently, it started by somebody sending a direct message to somebody else explaining that until tomorrow is a challenge, and what you're challenged to do is post an embarrassing picture of yourself from your childhood because, I guess, people have those laying around and caption it until tomorrow and leave it up for 24 hours. And every person that likes your picture, you have to send them a direct message with the same challenge to post an embarrassing picture of themselves and caption it until tomorrow, and then the cycle goes from there. So it's spreading like the coronavirus, although somehow more annoying.
1: Yeah, I don't I, I don't get it, and I don't— I... Maybe I'll get sus to explain it to me tomorrow. I doubt he knows either. But it doesn't sound like there's too much to be more explained. That just sounds like your typical uh, stupid internet thing. Anytime any one of these pops up, I try to point out like previous ones, and I never remember them. Because I think that's the point of these things. It's just like mind-numbing stuff that like lasts a couple of days, and then you never remember you did it like a month and a half later. Uh, I'm trying to think of... Like, Throwback Thursday was the original one. That was a big deal in high school when I was on, in, on, Insta, on Instagram. Was yeah, but Throwback at least that Thursday. one is, like,
0: is explainable. Throwback Thursday. You take a picture or, or post a picture of something that happened in the past. Like, it's good. Makes sense.
1: Fine. Cool. Yeah, I don't understand this one. I am just no. I'm probably sitting it out like I sit most of these out, probably not participating. So if anyone has a better explanation of what this is or, like, the uh, the essence of it, uh, please let us know. All right, now to the main event that we will scratch the surface on today, and then I will get uh the sitcom orb Nicholas Tie Guy Sus on to discuss tomorrow, and he will really kind of actually probably have a bunch of knowledge on this. But we asked your favorite TV characters, then I expanded it. You can add movies as well, just because there really are no rules. Uh, so we got a ton of responses on this. Uh initial reactions were. One, out of all the reactions and feedback we got, uh, Michael Scott took an hour to be mentioned and was only mentioned one time, which I found surprising. Maybe he's just, like, too obvious because, like, to me, he made The Office. Like, you don't really have The Office without that character. Yes, as good as Dwight was, I got it. But, like, you don't have – to me, like, like, he was the core central role in the, the Office to where, like, you don't have anything else without him. Because, like, half of Dwight's stuff wouldn't be as funny if he weren't obsessed with Michael. Yeah. By the way, uh,
0: one guy in your replies, when you said Michael Warky and I are discussing our favorite TV show characters on the pod tomorrow, what are yours? He replied, so it's going to be like the radio show. Buddy, we don't do this at all on the radio show. In fact, I wish we would do dumb shit like this more often. So I don't know what you're talking about,
1: but uh, get lost. Anyway. Maybe he's making a joke about Richard getting pissed off we took the uh, idea from last week. See, I'm going to put this in the show today. <laughs> okay, so it will be like the radio show. This guy's a prophet. I'm just going to go um,
0: the Yeah, because of- why the hell not? Uh, I mean, you know, why not? If we get to it, uh, I, there are so many things I put in the show that we never get to, and it makes me wonder why I waste eight hours of my day planning it if we're just going to throw it out the window. But that's so why I, I don't know if you've noticed. I, I've just kept things in there that I think are good ideas that we don't get to. I just leave them there because eventually my work will pay off.
1: I mean, eventually but, we're going to get to them. We're dealing with the pandemic right now, like. No, it's a hoax. Like, it's a hoax, man. Yeah, the, the lack of content, uh, will, like all of that, will eventually work itself out. Uh, like the the stuff you're leaving in there, we're going to get to it because now the NFL free agency is over, and we have <laughs> a whole lot of nothing for quite I a don't while. It
0: appears myself over the next few weeks. That's for sure.
1: The. All right, so I'm just going to go from the bottom up. We'll scroll through these if we have some thoughts on the characters, did you write out five? Uh, yeah, no, so I wrote out four that I had, like, for sure, and then I just ran through some random ones. So the first one I have is uh, Rafi from The League. Uh, just, <laughs> I don't even really know how you would describe him, but if you've seen the show, just kind of the uh, abrasive, like, guy you don't want to have around, don't know if he's doing drugs or what he's doing in his spare time. Type of dude in your like group that some maybe someone else brings around, uh, which is he's Ruxin's brother in law. So I had Rafi from the league as one, I had Dwight from the office as two. That's pretty basic, but like, I mean, come on, it's Dwight number three. What did I have as the third one? Was oh, uh, I think this is a pretty good value pick, as obvious as it is. But, uh, now I'm blanking on the name, <laughs> uh, house of cards. What, uh, what the Frank Underwood. Yeah. Thank you. Frank Underwood. I don't know how the hell that happened. I, 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 that was one of the series I did finish kind of, I don't even count the last season cause we, I was done with it all the way through the last season comes out. Kevin Spacey, of course, uh, you know what happened with him happened and he obviously could not be back on the show. But without that character, I couldn't finish the last season. I got three, four episodes in. I was like, actually, this sucks. Like Claire just doesn't really play as much by herself, like the the character itself. It just wasn't the same and I couldn't finish the show. So to me, like that it, like fits all checks all the boxes for important TV characters or great TV characters to where the show just didn't work without him, in my opinion. I thought the last season, what I got through of it, kind of sucked.
0: The ending wasn't any better either. It was all bad. It just They should have stopped when he left and just called it a day. Or just ended it with like one hour and a half long thing and been done with it because it was awful.
1: So that was my third. My fourth is going to be... Hmm. Oh, easy. Bobby Axelrod from Billions. I don't know if you've seen that show. But fantastic. If you aspire to be rich one day, you aspire to be Bobby Axelrod. Just billionaire, hedge fund badass. Uh, He's a great character. I'm also going to add Chuck Rhodes in there as well. People don't like Chuck Rhodes in that show because he's kind of like the dirty prosecutor with no morals. That's just kind of obsessed with taking down Axelrod. But I think Chuck makes the show as well. I like him in that. I spent the first season and a half rooting for Chuck to take down Axelrod, and then my stance changed completely. If you haven't watched Billions, it's well worth your time. That show is awesome. And I think coming back, the next season comes in May, which normally the first couple of seasons came out in April, excuse me, February and March, and I wish that was happening right now because there's nothing to watch. And then my other one, my fifth one, is going to be John Dutton from Yellowstone, Uh, another fantastic show. Uh, Can't wait for the new season of that to come out. But that's my 5. I'll throw some other ones in there periodically. Do you have a list? Yeah. So Tyrion Lannister, even though uh
0: the That's final a big season, popular
1: one. That's Game of Thrones, right? That was a popular response.
0: Yeah, but the writers so you didn't watch Game of Thrones. It was and I'm not kidding. It was so well written and so well done and the stories had so much depth. And like one line that was said in season 1 would mean nothing until season 4. Like it it just Everything twisted and winded perfectly, and it was so well done. And in the final season, seriously, the, the the showrunners openly admitted that they wanted to just get it over with so they could move on to other projects, and they completely blew everything up. It was terrible. It didn't make any sense. They didn't tie up all the loose ends. It was garbage. Tyrion Lannister was a great character until the final season. Then he became a complete idiot out of nowhere. Awful. But first seasons, one through seven, until the final one, very good Uh and then also, Tormund Giantsbane from the same show, uh, he was only in 30 episodes, so not like a main character, but he was brilliant too. Uh, so, you need to watch Game of Thrones. Just don't watch it, the final season. It'll ruin it for you.
1: So before you get to your non-Game of Thrones ones, I do have a question. For someone, it's an interesting perspective. Is like I was just one of those people, I'm not against Game of Thrones. I like poking fun at you and Hey Dad, Tay, and it's all about dragons, but it just got to the point where I was behind. And it was such like a national phenomenon. Like that and the bachelor took over Twitter like no other thing I've ever seen in my life. And so like I just didn't get any of it. And I just felt like it was too late to start. I guess I could go back now. But for someone that didn't watch it, what did was it ever explained why they just mailed it in the last season? Like you're leaving. Yeah, the showrunners said the
0: they season? wanted to move on to something else. Like that they were they were bored and done with it and just wanted to go on to their other projects. And because they said that out loud a bunch of their planned projects have been canceled on them.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's that, that to me being ignorant guy here, I'm just going to put this out there. That seems like career suicide. You have this like masterpiece that just took over. Like, I mean, not took over society, but just was this like transcending thing that everyone watched and everyone talked about. I get the bachelor's reality TV and people crave that kind of like uh, surface level drama. But like everywhere I went, no matter who it was, you know, my girlfriend loves it. My parents, one of my parents watched it. Like guy, girl, no matter how old like you are, young, old, like everyone talked about that. Like they had really had something there. Why the hell would you mail in the last season of that? That just seems incredibly stupid.
0: It doesn't make any sense. So um, I'm trying to find the quote here. To to where they they were at like a comic con or something and they just straight up said we didn't know what we were doing we had other projects we just wanted to get it over with and I, I can't find the quote immediately. Um,
1: if I were a viewer of that show, that would piss me off to no end. It's like you got through all of that and you're just gonna tell me yeah I wasn't really feeling the last season so we just kind of uh, we got, we kind of half-assed it.
0: Yeah, I think they got ta- they had Star Wars that they were supposed to do for Netflix and that got taken from them. The only thing that they've done since is a what's her name, Lindsay Jones comedy special. I think that's it.
1: Yikes. It's like I mean that that's that's interesting. I would have never guessed they would want to admit that or two even if that was the actual reason. Say it out loud. That's uh that's fascinating. All right, finish your list. What are what are your other ones?
0: Okay, I think I found the quote. Um, They didn't have any plans. Uh, We'd never done TV, and we don't know why he trusted us with his life's work. Um, There was no good way to summarize the story, so we didn't. That was the answer for when they were asked about why they ended the show so terribly. Seems way there was too no simplistic. good way to end it, so we didn't.
1: <laughs> it just seems so simplistic, but it makes me think, as someone who like had a came up in a background of writing, even though I don't do as much of it in, anymore, is like there's so many shows. It seems like where the, like you always hear, well, the last season sucked. Like I think ending a something a masterpiece like that or such a long, deep type of story. Is probably very difficult because this is not the first time, like I've, I, you've heard this, where it's hard to end it. Last season sucked, wasn't really feeling it at the end, that type of thing, towards the show. So that would lead me to believe that the people that are building it and do this for a living, even they have a really hard time wrapping up a good story. And no matter what kind of story you're like writing, whether it's short, long form, playwright, whatever have you, it is kind of hard to bring it to conclusion to, to an end. But like, You gotta give a little better effort than that. Come on, man. Yeah, and it was just, like, everybody
0: just was completely out of character. You know, like, they just changed everything about all of the development that they made and just ended it. And, like, it'd be different if it just wasn't the ending that people wanted. No, it just wasn't good. Like, it didn't make any sense. When it was over, you thought, all that for that? Like, it just, it didn't, it was so stupid. But, yeah, they openly admitted it and are are losing a ton of shit because of it. Um, They also said that they made mistakes at every level like they're just openly talking about yeah we screwed it all up
1: <laughs> good luck getting other of jobs like a after sports that analogy that that would make sense for and i just can't really fought like like i i can't really even think It'd of one like that
0: kyle would... shanahan after losing the super bowl saying man i don't know what i'm doing out there i don't care
1: i'm going to the beach the plan for the first three quarters was great then i really just got tired of being there i was like we're in miami like yeah get me to south beach like I don't need this trophy. Yeah, that's uh, what that would have been. So um, finish uh what's the rest of your list? Then Michael we'll Scott
0: to- because he's uh, I mean, he's the greatest yeah, sitcom not? character of all time. Um Parks and Rec, I couldn't decide between Ron Swanson and Andy Dwyer. I love that show. I think they're both They, they made Andy too stupid by the end though. I mean, he he started as like just like a bro like cover band uh, lead singer and then became um like borderline mentally incapable of forming rational thought, uh, they they made him too stupid. Still, really funny. Uh, George Costanza. I bet your buddy Nick will like that one. That's kind of a
1: throwback. I like him. that one. Uh, I, I showed uh, I showed MC the Festivus episode a while back when I went over Christmas break because I think if there was anything I was put on this earth for, it was to attend an attendant airing of grievances. Because I could list a bunch of things that bother me about people. That's an all timer episode.
0: And then these last two aren't main characters, but they have a similar role Noho Hank from Barry and Jin Yang from Silicon Valley.
1: I think we bought, I think we, the first one we got, you said, I haven't seen Barry, but I think we got a couple of those in the responses. And then I've heard Silicon Valley is amazing. I probably need to start that. That's going to be on the short list of things. That'll be that, up
0: your alley. It's, like it's it's very tech humor, but it's um, yeah, it's really good. T. j. Miller, uh, his character leaves for the final season, and i' I'm going through it right now. It's not as good uh, without him, but still just a really funny show. It follows like the same format. like the the group gets into something dangerous and they just wiggle their way out randomly by the end of the episode, every episode, but it's still funny.
1: Let's go to some thoughts. I'm just going to scroll through these, and if you have any thoughts on them, let's hear it. Uh, Somebody just had this show, Wings? Or is that – I don't know what that's in response to. Uh, Noho, Hank, and Barry, you just went over that one. Uh, If you send me a gif, GIF, whatever the way you say it is, odds are I'm not going to recognize the show if I haven't seen it. So I don't know what some of these are. Bobby Axelrod, Billions, absolutely on point. Raylan Givens from Justified. We got a couple of Justified ones. Have you ever seen that show? I don't know what that is. I'll have to write that down. I haven't either. That's a question for Sus. We'll get to that tomorrow. And John Dutton, Yellowstone. Fantastic show. Yellowstone is incredible. Uh, Fraser and Niles Crane. I don't know what that's from. And then this is where I got the suggestion from Mr. T. Brad or T. B. Shaw. I don't know what your name is, but uh, listener of the podcast, and actually uh, had the Nick Suss idea. i got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, Buster, G-O-B, or Lucille Bluth or honorable mention. What is that from? Oh, wait a minute. Lucille Bluth, that's Arrested Development, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, I've seen that. I actually had a teacher at this class in high school. I don't even remember what the class was, but it wasn't like a core one. It was like an elective type of thing. And the teacher who, like, showed up half the time anyway, like, I've never had a more frequent amount of substitute teachers in my life, then I think got sick or maybe, like, like had a baby or something. I don't remember what the situation was, but was just gone for a month. And I swear to God, in this class that we went to every day, we watched Arrested Development. We got through two or three seasons of that show just in that class on a daily basis. So that's how I saw Arrested Development. I thought that show was funny, but it was one of those things where, like, Once you get past the surface level of it, like there wasn't much deeper to it. I understand that was probably the design of it, but it was funny. I just got tired of it after a while.
0: Yeah, it was okay early, and then it got worse and worse for me.
1: Uh, Sanford Moore says, Andy Bernard is my absolute favorite. Only watch the seasons with him. And then Graham Williams responds with, Andy, season eight, season nine isn't the same character. I would actually agree with that. He does change. Yeah, they change a lot of people. I mean, I
0: think season one and season two, Kevin was a lot funnier than what I mean because they made Kevin
1: borderline I- incapable of forming thoughts too towards the end. Yeah, so this was the this was the take you had on Andy, basically, right? Yeah, well, they were. <sighs> yeah, it, kind of the same. Uh, they they do Kevin
0: switch a, a lot earlier than Andy's, but like season one and two, Kevin's kind of funny. Like he's just the the fat guy in the office that. Doesn't say much, but like has a fiance and is normal. And then by the end, Kevin is like, um, like can't contain anything, and, and he's like a big man child. It just it just doesn't make sense. The,
1: uh, the, uh, yeah, the, yeah, uh, the Andy's. I would agree with that as well. The beginning of Andy was much better, where he's just this Cornell bro and like trying to kiss ass to the boss. I that that is very much better than what he becomes at the end of the show. I would agree. With both of those takes also like Andy as the character. Uh he's actually probably a little lower on my list. I would put Dwight, Michael. I'd probably put Jim in front of him. And I liked Ryan in it. I thought Ryan for like the his evolution from a temp to just like this young dude who thinks he's richer than he is with kind of a drug problem. Like Like, just cocky as hell. I found that, like, very quick, rapid decline, ascent and decline very humorous. Uh, But I like Andy, too. He just, uh, he didn't, he wasn't, I didn't like him as much as others did. We got a long list here from, uh, let's see, Cleaver Green Rake, don't know what that is, Walt Longmire, Henry Standing Bear Longmire, John Luther Luther, Frank Gallagher, Shameless, Frank Underwood, House of Cards, it's the first one I've heard of on this list. John Hendrickson, Lily Hammer, Danny Rayburn, Bloodline, I've heard of that, don't know what it is. Marius Josephic, I guarantee I did not pronounce that right. Sneaky Pete, do you know what any of those are? Other than I House of cards. No, I, I,
0: I guess I just don't get out enough. I mean, so many people have seen all these shows and I just have no
1: idea. Maybe you get out too much because I think these people are staying home to watch this. Well, now we're all staying home, so I guess it's time to catch up. Yeah, I got plenty of homework. Ron Swanson, Parks and Rec, just a classic one. Uh, my friend Derek Terry, hope you're doing well up there. Uh, Rust Cole, Rylan Givens, Boyd Crowder. Okay, that's one we got a lot. Do you know what that's from? No idea. Okay, Boyd Crowder. I'm basically just doing my homework for uh, sus just on this live podcast. Uh Boy, the Crowder! How the hell is it not just going to tell me what show this is from? Oh, Justified. Okay, so that's another show I got to watch. Let's see: Ed, Tom Bell, Mike McDermott, Ryan Gosling's character, known as Driver. Not familiar with a lot of those. A couple more: Raylan. Uh, let's see: Omar, The Wire. I saw The Wire. Have not seen it all the way through. Omar is a great character. Uh, that's a great show. Have you seen The Wire? Is he the guy that's from the GIF all in the game, yo? Uh, yes, but my GIF knowledge is very, very, very limited, I think. that's the only thing I know about The Wire, is that <laughs> GIF, really. You should start that, too. It's a great show. Uh, Rhino chimes in. Tom... Donovan from The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Don't know what that is. Desmond from Lost. I have seen Lost. That is a good character. Good show. Rayford Gibson and Claude Banks from Life. Don't know that. Brock Gibson from Venture Bros. Don't know what that is. Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Don't know what that is. Munch from Law & Order SVU. I do know what that is. That is a good character. Ninth Doctor from Doctor Who. Don't know what that is either. Ari Gold. Like that one. Yeah. I always got a laugh from Barney and How I Met Your Mother. I've never seen that one. Omar Little, another popular one. Walter White from Breaking Bad. I actually tried to watch Breaking Bad, and I know people say it starts kind of slow. And to give it a few episodes, I just could never get into it. I know that's probably my mistake and a me problem more than anything else because that show is pretty widely uh, celebrated. I just haven't seen it. Uncle Baby Billy from Righteous Gemstones. Uh, who was this? Were we talking about Righteous Gemstones on radio yesterday? Wasn't that you? Yeah, you need to watch it, man. It's on HBO. It's so
0: funny. It's got Danny McBride and John Goodman and they're uh they're a family that owns uh, mega churches and, and they're worth millions and somebody tries to blackmail the the oldest son. And it's it's hilarious.
1: Cosmo Kramer. Oh, that's just Kramer. Yeah, but that's his first <laughs> that's name. Her- no, no, it threw me off for a second. It has been a while since I've seen Tom Feld. Kramer is an all-time character. I played youth baseball with a kid whose dad was uh, actually a JPD officer. Looked identical to Kramer. It was almost scary. It was uh, it was def, it was pretty, pretty humorous and pretty wild how similar he looked like Kramer. Um, let's see, Tom Shelby from Peaky Blinders. I started Peaky Blinders. That was another one that MC got me into that we just never finished that's a, a good show i probably need to finish that uh hey dad chimes in with tony soprano omar Linell, sin sir Bon brawn of the blackwater is that one word yeah i guess that's it it game is. of thrones okay gus fring what is that i don't know okay <laughs> write that one down for sus to explain as well tomorrow's podcast gonna be lit uh uncle ira I don't know what that is, Malcolm Reynolds, Serenity, Cappy, Greek, I don't know what any of those are, Johnny Drama from Entourage, never seen Entourage, but I know what you're talking about, Jonah Ryan, Veep, Dr. Tobias. Very Trump. good character, even though the end of Veep kind of sucks Veep? too, but Veep is uh, it's
0: also on HBO, it's got Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and she is the Vice President of the United States, and generally just a terrible person, and it's really worth watching
1: and really funny. Okay, I'll write that one down as well. Let's see. Uh, George Bluth, Senior, Gob Bluth, Dr. Tobias Funk, All Arrested Development. That's a great show. Johnny Drama, Entourage, John, John Ryan, Veep. Sandy Cohen, The O.C. Bodie, The Wire, that's a good one uh opie sons of anarchy leo Westwing. that's from bennett hip who if there's anyone like book recommendations television show i'm probably going to respect i'll i'll probably have to tune music in music to too that guy is y- cultured yeah i was I, i've heard of Sons. i mean i've heard about sons of anarchy haven't seen it seen the wire heard of the oc haven't seen it seen west wing as well haven't seen it those are all his suggestions uh joey Tribbiani, beth dutton yellowstone kramer Tyrone Lannister, Dwight Schrute, Gabe Lewis, The Office. That is from actually MC herself. She decided to chime in on this podcast and apparently rediscovered what Twitter is. Uh, yeah, Gabe she Lewis. followed me last night. Oh, shoot. Thirsty. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gabe, Gabe Lewis is an interesting one. We actually had this conversation last night. He's such like a hateable character in The Office. It almost makes him a great character. And he's not around for very long, or at least comparatively to most of the other guys in the show. I actually kind of like Gabe just because of how just like almost just like gross and annoying of a character that he is. Like, like he put he played that role very, very well. If I, if I like, like it, it's I, to me, it, like, I, I don't know shit about shit when it comes to acting or like filmmaking or any of this stuff but to me it would seem to be pretty difficult to play a hateable character and that guy does it well
0: yeah he really does he's also in silicon valley and plays basically the same guy
1: man what a way to make it through hollywood where your stick is just gonna be i'm gonna play like that guy that everybody hates uh i mean the guy that plays rafi kind of has that going on Not with everything, but he kind of plays the obnoxious jackass in a lot of things, Uh, which I like. Rafi, underrated character. I love The League. That is one of my favorite shows of all time. I would have put the entire cast on there, Kevin, uh, Ruxin, Pete, uh, Andre, all of that in there. But uh, I just saved it for my list. That's a great show. Did you ever watch The League? I did. Yeah, it got worse as it went on, but it was still really good. It did. First three seasons were way better than the last three. It just got kind of old. Though we didn't see any press clippings of whoever wrote the show saying, yeah, screw it, we just mailed it in. Yeah, except for they uh, they had
0: worse press than that because one of the main characters uh, lied about being in one of the towers during 9-11. So
1: it, it was Kevin's character. It was the guy that plays Kevin MacArthur. I actually looked this up after. Yeah, he, like, in just kind of needless lie, it was basically a story he told about how his acting career got started and it was basically... Yeah, I worked at Blah 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 Company in New York City in the Twin Towers. And, like, didn't he say he basically ran out of the towers on the day uh the 9-11 attacks happened, made it out alive, and from then on decided he was just going to become an actor? Like, what the hell, man? Why would you lie about that? What is wrong with you?
0: Yeah, it that's just – dude's got mental issues.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's that's sociopathic type stuff. Like, what the hell? Uh, I imagine his career is dead. I have not seen him in very much since, and I, I would say that's why. I didn't figure that out until actually a couple of years after the show finished. That was a uh,
0: – yeah. that's. I'm trying to find the exact story he told. Um,
1: Google's got to be smart. he
0: was working in the South Tower that day and fled the building after the first plane hit the North Tower. It was all a complete lie. He was working in Midtown that day, and not for Merrill Lynch, like he said. There was no record of his employment, and had no offices in either tower.
1: I mean, like if you're—I mean, not to be that guy, but if you're going to lie about something like that, uh like wouldn't you want it to be like a one that at least added up? That instead of like a basic like Google search or research that would get uh Nick's by that he's actually had a bunch of stuff since so after the league he had roast battles i don't know what that is new girl and then he's in curb your enthusiasm so uh apparently uh he's like teflon that did not uh that did not kill his career which feels like it should have but wow uh yeah what a turn that took um red foreman and Walt Longmire Red Foreman's
0: make- a good one i didn't think of
1: what is Red Form—who's Red Form? That 70s Formid? show? Uh, he's the dad? Oh, oh, I actually have seen that. That is a good one. I haven't thought of that. Theo Huxtable is another good one. That's a really old-school answer, but uh, got to respect that. Let's see. I know this isn't all—here we go. Bradley Cooper and American Sniper, that's a good one. I'm just going to put Bradley Cooper in The, the Hangover just because it's topical from what we talked about the other day. Daniel Craig and James Bond, Liam Neeson and Taken. <laughs> Liam Neeson and Taken has almost just become like a parody, but I do think it is kind of funny. Uh, Jordan Belfort, Alan from The Hangover, Ricky Bobby, all three fantastic ones. Jack Sparrow. Okay. Uh, whatever foot your boat there, Bert. Uh, Chips, Soa Red Blacklist. I don't know if that is. Stan Marsh from South Park. <laughs> So South Park is I grew up in an interesting time with South Park in the sense that like South Park, when I was in like junior high, you were pretty cool if you like got to watch it or whatever. And like the crew, like that was one of the first like crude adult humor shows that like people my age were like exposed to. But now I feel like there's this whole nother lens of South Park that I wasn't old enough to appreciate to where like the brilliance of their current event humor and stuff like that. And like the deeper jokes that you don't understand because you're more concerned with Cartman Uh, Killing Kenny or like saying some sort of cuss word on television type of thing. So I feel like I need to go back and watch some of the episodes of South Park. Probably not the whole thing because there's 110 billion, but uh, like I feel like I don't fully appreciate the like deeper level humor that the dudes from South Park had. And I feel like that show they do it all in five days. You know that, right? Yes, I do. I read I read about how they come up with some of that stuff, and it was equally as fascinating as it was just incredibly impressive. Yeah, they come
0: in on Monday, basically, and submit the completed episode by Friday.
1: That's insane. Which is just unbelievable. I mean, you got to be really ridiculously smart and talented to do that. But yeah, I just didn't appreciate. Like, I I don't think I've appreciated South Park's deeper humor, and I would say it has way more of that than the other kind of popular show, TV cartoon things that were uh, kind of on around the same time. Whether it's King of the Hill, Family Guy, and all that. Like to me, there's deeper and more like. Intelligent humor in South Park than those other shows. I was never a big family guy guy, were you? I mean, I thought it was okay.
0: Uh, It it was okay. Definitely not as good as South Park. So I always leaned uh, to the South Park direction. There's only so many cartoon comedies you can watch, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. Like, it's just, that's never really my cup of tea anyway. Like, I wasn't a big King of the Hill guy. uh, Didn't like the Cleveland show. I like parts. Uh, family guy. Like, it was okay, but I, I, I didn't find it funny as a lot of those dudes did. uh. Or I say a lot of my friends did, those dudes. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically just reliving high school over here. Uh, another long list from John Chisholm. Barney Fife. Fred Sanford. Uh, wow, those are uh, some old school ones there. Uh, but two good ones. Andy Griffith is always – uh, and then I'm assuming Fred Sanford. Sanford and Sons. Dwight Schrute. Boss Hog, I don't know what that is. Ernest T. Bass, Grady Wilson, Michael Scott, George Jefferson, Archie Bunker, Jody Banks, the Fall Guy. Again, a lot of these I'm just going to have to go with uh, Sus Stringer, Bell, President Josiah Bartlett, Joey Trebani, Trebani, Theo Huxtable, Norm Peterson, Jack Bauer, Nick Miller, Charlie Kelly. See, I don't know. I just don't know what a lot of these are. We're going to have to get this solved tomorrow. But that was pretty much the gist. of our submissions. I think what I'm going to do is organize these and figure out the most popular ones that I don't know and have sus explain them to me. So That's going to be my homework for the next 24 hours. Did we leave out any just egregious and obvious ones that people are going to tweet at us about afterward? Uh, Not that I can think of, no, but again, I'm not... I just haven't
0: seen that much, apparently.
1: Yeah, I mean, we can always revisit this on Friday as well. This is like two, three days' worth of content, like, I'll talk to Sus tomorrow, and then whatever we just completely missed the boat on, or whatever you and I didn't understand, uh, maybe we can rehash and reassess this on Mailbag Friday. But really appreciate the engagement. That was uh, It was pretty wild, the number of submissions we got, and we are not done with it. We can't let all of that go to complete waste. So we'll have a fourth podcast for you this week. Tomorrow, Nick, Tyguy, sitcom orb himself, Sus. Will be on to uh, fill in the gaps of my just complete and total sitcom television show ignorance. do me make me a more rounded and well cultured individual. Newswise, did we miss anything else for today? Was there anything big thing we missed? It's so like it's so much more difficult to plan a show when there's like fewer news nuggets, but it also makes you a bigger bonehead when you miss one.
0: Yeah, you're not kidding, man. Um... <laughs> like, it's
1: just like, how did I miss that? There's not, there's nothing else out there.
0: Uh, Nothing, really, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, Today is the slowest day so far. Uh, The NFL is uh, telling all their teams to close their facilities today. Um, They will reassess on April 8th. um, But they're going to continue going on. I mean, it certainly sounds like they're going to even have a draft, but uh, the Saints GM was on Peter King's podcast, and he straight up said – it doesn't make any sense. He does not want to have a draft because the in-person evaluations are so important. And if you don't have those, it'll be like a fantasy draft. And that's not how you pick football in real life, which I know he's kind of taking a dig at fantasy guy, but um, that makes sense though. I mean, how are you going to draft somebody, especially in the later rounds, like early round picks, you kind of know, I mean, they know who they're picking in the first round already. Uh, If, If they want to go quarterback, they know what quarterback will be available. If they want to go linebacker, they know what linebacker they want. But uh, especially for them who have drafted so well in the later rounds, but for every team, you still have to build a roster. And you do it by mid to late round picks. If you can't evaluate these guys in person, how the hell do you know who to pick? So it makes sense, but it sounds like they're going to still go through with it anyway.
1: I agree with everything you said there. I think there's an, I think that's a sound argument. It makes sense. My thing is particularly, it makes sense because half the league is undrafted, right? Like there's no other league where finding diamonds in the rough and late ground guys matter more than the NBA. And excuse me, than the NFL, because it makes up so much of the league. I mean, it's really not uncommon to hear of this guy was a six round pick. This guy was undrafted. Hell, ha- almost half the league is undrafted. So, It matters more than that than any sport, other sport out there. But at the same time, to me, there's so much film and information available in this day and age than there was, say, 20, 25 years ago that you could get through it if you needed to. It'll be an inconvenience to these clubs and to these GMs, and I think they should probably just go through it anyway just to kind of keep most sense of normalcy. But I 100% understand where he's coming from, and his point is a very valid one. Thirty percent of the league is made up of players that did not
0: get drafted. That's so, so that, I mean, wild.
1: Thirty percent—that's a thirty-year league.
0: Yeah, and then that doesn't take into account obviously the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks. Yeah, I mean that require that's, the most evaluation. Like it's a look. The Dolphins know if they want to a Tonga or not. They don't have to do an in-person interview. They already know. It's like the defensive tackle. It's you're down to three guys that all look the same on film. That's where this comes into play because you interview one, he seems like a good character guy, works hard. The other one had some red flags, so you pick the one. But if you can't talk to him, how do you know? It's um interesting times, man. Same thing with recruiting. I know you had a, a conference call with Lane Kiffin yesterday where he said that uh, they were going to use the spring to evaluate where they had positions of need. And he's like, I can watch film, but – um we're going to coach them differently in this new system so a guy that worked last year or didn't work last year could for our system
1: so it's basically just, screwing everything up <laughs> you just you just found the nugget that i missed that I, after we just decided that we didn't miss anything yes i did sit on a conference call with lane kiffin yesterday yeah that happened uh there wasn't a ton to take from it it's interesting we had one with keith carter and mike bianco uh last week and lane kiffin yesterday Oh, uh, and it, you're really asking these guys a bunch of questions that they don't have good answers to, right? So in some ways, it's kind of a futile exercise. But Kiffin did shed some light on how this makes it more difficult uh, that you alluded to, particularly your first spring. You can't get the offense in, like on top, like outside of scheme and all that. Like he was talking about, like. I want kids to know how we coach them, and that's kind of how you develop on-field relationships and how I run a practice and you know what to be, what's to be expected of them, how we're going to give criticism, how we're going to give feedback, all that type of thing. You don't get any of that. and I think people think, well, how are you going to put the offense and how are you going to find the quarterback? Like all that stuff, all that is 100% important, but there's also just a, just a basic familiarity issue that they're not going to have through spring practice And it really kind of changed my thinking on it from an Ole Miss perspective that I was like, yeah, this is a little bit of a disadvantage, but not a huge deal. Um, But first-year head coach, first-year program, young football team, a lot of unfamiliarity with no really just strong incumbent at quarterback. I think this is actually a way bigger deal, and Kiffin kind of changed my mind on that a little bit. Yesterday, um, you know, he kind of threw out some ideas of like maybe an OTA-type thing where they let him have some practices going into fall camp. He didn't really want to speculate a ton into what that might look like just because, like I said, they don't know anything. No one seems to know anything. That was kind of Kiffin's main point yesterday is we're all just kind of feeling this out and seeing how this goes. Like The the smartest people in the world trying to combat this don't really know the timeline for how this is going to go. So how the hell can you say anything definitive as it comes to fall camp, spring practice, all that stuff? But it is going to make a big difference for the two schools in this state with first year head coaches and new quarterbacks. Like that's a significant disadvantage.
0: Oh, for sure. Especially when you've got a quarterback room that's full right now and full of guys that do different things. I mean, especially with the, the three main ones, right? You've got uh, John Rice Plumley, who is a, a, an exceptional athlete, but um, has a ton of work to do as far as uh, the passing game goes. You've got Matt Corral, who, has armed talent and is a good athlete. He's kind of in between. And then Grant Tisdale, who I think looks really polished as a passer. Um, So three kind of different guys uh, fighting for the same position, and now you can't coach them. I mean, what do you do? Because the presumption was one of them was going to leave after spring practice. And, in fact, it was probably likely. And now there's no spring practice. So do you have all three for the year? How do you manage that? It's just it's a mess, man.
1: Yep. But the one thing is, it's, and Kiffin kind of pointed this out it's a mess that everyone's dealing with, but not on the same level. Because he was like, hey, look, if we were still at FAU, a place we'd been a while, it wouldn't be that big of a deal because you have returning players who know the system, know how practice works, know how the scheme works. Like all of that, maybe even if you're raking in a new quarterback, you still have familiarity around you. Every player on this roster is unfamiliar with Kiffin, and Kiffin is unfamiliar with every player on the roster. Because he talks about, yeah, you can watch old film, but I'm not even sure how much that helps. Because we're going to ask them to do different things than they were asked in the past, and we may see more like how you know their strengths are better suited elsewhere or whatever. And that on top of it, he was just like, you can catch some stuff from old film, but like I want to see them on the field myself. So it's a mess. It's something they're all having to deal with. I imagine they're not too fired up about it, but at the end of the day, it's a global pandemic. What like what the hell are you gonna do? You know
0: yeah for sure
1: i guess this is so much bigger than football or sports or whatever it's just sports are one of the many casualties of it and it's just kind of like you just, it's a wait and see game like i don't know what's going to happen could everything be fine in eight weeks sure i would tend to believe it's probably going to go longer than that could everything still be just like this in 12 weeks from now uh sure you just you don't know i mean you're literally just trying to look at the numbers day by day and look at the how this thing is being spread or the curve and all those buzzwords you hear and just kind of see what's happening. I saw that the president said that America would be back open for business by Easter, and I think when he was asked about it, he said it's because it's a great day or why he picked that date. Uh, that seems a little optimistic, but I'm not the president either. What What the hell do I know? But seems like it would be a little longer than that.
0: Yeah, it kind of feels that way. Uh, they postponed the start of the Chinese Basketball League, which, I, man, I don't trust anything that's coming from China, though. Nothing. Not at all. Really?
1: So that didn't happen? I didn't see that.
0: But South Korea is back. So that's the important one. South Korea is the important one because they didn't embellish everything at the beginning, and you can actually trust uh, their media and their government to uh, be honest. Uh, So what South Korea is doing and what they're saying is something that we should believe. Here's your political take for the day. Uh, Communist China is not a country that you should trust. Uh, When they arrest and kill journalists and silence doctors, when this thing started, tells you all you need to know. So using their models even is probably irresponsible because you can't trust them. South Korea is the country that you should look to for uh, a, an accurate timeline and guidance in this deal you're welcome
1: nice catches three to six every day lib talk mississippi yes we sir are... <laughs> no but i agree i actually didn't see the chinese basketball p- postponement thing that's interesting yeah you just really can't believe anything that comes out of there but anyway there's just all a long-winded way of saying we don't really know we're waiting and seeing hopefully this entertained you hopefully tomorrow will as well i'm excited to get uh Ty guy himself on to explain the many things that I don't understand about sitcom television. But Borky and I will be back at it on Friday for Mailbag Friday. We'll have the radio show, of course, three to six. Uh, listen at Supertalk.fm/slash/listen if you're out of the area or out of the state of Mississippi. But uh, we'll be back at it. On Friday, I'll have the Suss Podcast up for you tomorrow morning. Looking forward to recording that either today or early tomorrow morning. Uh, remind you one more time, go see Greg University Avenue across from Kroger. Shop local during this difficult time. Go see him. I saw him last weekend. He fed me for two days. Over the weekend, he can feed you steaks, custom cuts, a lot of ready-made ground beef, whether it's meatloaf, burgers. Uh, the ribeye sausage is one of the finer delicacies on this earth. All kinds of stuff. I had a couple of stuff. mushrooms that were fantastic. Greg can hook you up. Go see him. LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Borky, catch you this afternoon.
0: All right, man. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.